Hey guys, welcome to Radio 815, a podcast dedicated to the many works of writer director J.J. Abrams. Also, his greater bad robot universe. I'm your host, my name is Marcelo Nestroza, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Crandall. And on today's edition of the show, we'll be talking about Alias, Season 5, Episodes 10 through 15. So with all that being said and out of the way, Matt, what did you think about the second half of the swong song of Alias? So this is where you can finally start to see that like they've they've gotten the call and that they realize that it's the swan song. It's within like this batch of episodes, I feel that they definitely knew, you know, they had to shift gears. So I did like that. The last episode we talked about was where Sydney was on the boat and trying to send a message. When it picks up, we get a lot of actually really good spy action for a couple of these episodes where we're we're going on more fun missions. Sydney has the baby. Uh and they also bring back a couple of familiar faces to sort of give them their goodbye and they start to shift into the end game by bringing back guess who's back back again evil sloan tell your friends so so when they uh decide like okay our reformed arvin sloan good guy is is over uh rambaldi obsessed arvin sloan is back and here to stay and that's when you like they really start to shift into these are the last few episodes of this show um but for the most part this batch actually was really strong for me. I thought there was a lot of humor and a lot of the fun spy stuff. Arena is back for a couple episodes. Um, I really thought that if they were going to go out strong, this is like a good ramping up to, to going out strong. For those of you who are our regular listeners, I said something last week that I thought I would never say in the process of us covering Alias on this podcast, I said, to recap, previously on Radio 815, I said that the actor who plays Arvin Sloan is going on me. So uh, with that being said, from last week going into this week, I completely did a 180 again on the character of Arvin Sloan. I think that guy should burn in hell. (laughs) Uh, Because his... I love the way that after he uh, finally got the cure from Prophet 5 to cure Nadia, once he got the solution, it was almost like he felt like he was owed something by Nadia for, mm-hmm. for doing that. I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't quite agree with his uh, quote unquote uh, rationale or, She's your child, so just because you saved your child's life doesn't entitle you to anything from your child, right? right. Your, your child should be grateful, but with what Sloan has done to not only Nadia, but to all, the, all these other people in his uh, universe throughout the, throughout the life of the show, it was very odd to me that he would uh, want something from uh, Nadia, right? The other mm-hmm. thing that I kind of liked but was a little bit disappointed by, I didn't like the fact that as we are in the end game of the show, 
that one of the main uh, uh, figureheads of Prophet 5, one of the main foot soldiers of Prophet 5 is Arena. I never liked the fact that she was obsessed with getting something out of Sydney. The the revelation that she wasn't actually trying to hurt Sydney, she was trying to fix a medical problem that uh, the, the baby had. I still didn't like that whole storyline. I, I thought that Arena as a character have has grown past this. I, I wish they would have done something better with her. And that's like typical alias fashion where we think the character has grown and then they they reveal that they haven't. And that's kind of like something they've done a few times on the show. But especially with Irina, when Sid has the baby and, you know, her and Sydney are talking, she says, you know, I realized I could only be a mother or a spy because I was going to fail at one of them. And I chose to fail at being a mother. And because that's how she feels about what she did so many years ago, she's still, even when she's trying to do right by Sydney, she still thinks that she can't possibly do the the good job that, you know, she probably could if she actually focused and tried. Um, because she still has this mindset that being uh, an agent is the most important thing that was basically ingrained in her since birth. And she even said to Sydney, you know, I was given orders to have you to, to keep Jack on the hook. And it was the biggest mistake of my life following those orders. Like I didn't realize that having a kid was going to mess me up so bad and, and make me suck at being a spy. And I had to pick and I chose being a spy. And I love when Sydney's like, you can do both. Like I am going to do both. You are a bad person. Like, and, and her sort of calling her out in a nice way, um, was a great scene. And, your point about Sloan is one of the things that I I don't necessarily love about these episodes is that I feel like they had a different intention for how Sloan's character was going to go in the early part of this season, which is he's doing anything for Nadia. He he does terrible things to get the cure because he's so focused on that. Then they know the show is ending and they need a villain for those final few episodes. Uh, and they want it to be Sloan. So Nadia gets cured and literally in the same episode, they kill her off, which felt so out of nowhere. But it was because they they literally needed a way in those final five or whatever to make Sloan the villain that he used to be, but they didn't have time to build him up. <laughs> so they were like, what if... You know, Nadia doesn't want to see Sloane and he acts like a selfish prick, even though when she got last saw him was the end of season four, where he friggin was horrible to her. He shot her like, of course, she doesn't want to live with him. And the fact that he's surprised by this and that she wants to hang out with Sydney and, you know, this cute baby is just so insane. And then they they go all the way full, you know, mustache twirling villain where he is obsessed with Rimbaldi again on in that one episode, like everything comes back and it's, it just feels really severe because we know that it's ending and it felt like they were going to play a longer game where eventually Sloan would get back to that place, but they had to like pedal to the metal to get there because they only had so many episodes left. 
and my least my least favorite part of these entire episodes is that when Sloane starts to see Nadia after she is dead as part of his guilty conscience um I, I I like am fine with that but they put a vocal effect on Nadia's voice and every time she appears there's a weird whoosh noise so it's like she's a ghost and uh like we get it we get that it's supposed to be Sloane seeing his wrongdoings and realizing that he made the wrong choice or or part of his conscience telling him like you know maybe you made the wrong choice but to put this weird vocal effect on her and this horrible sound effect to be like she's a literal ghost like had me rolling my eyes for my money I wouldn't even have made the bad person for 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 the for the for the swan song of alias Sloan, I would have made it one of the one of the Prophet Five uh, suits, and mm. then I would have, like like in the last episode, then I would have had Sloan turn at the last possible moment. Right, right, because you know, because ever since Sloan went kind of nuts on that evil henchman in that warehouse with the yep. with the with the big Rambaldi ball, we understand that although Sloan is trying to be a good person. It's ingrained in him to be a bad guy. Yeah. It's like it's like Lex Luthor trying to convince Clark Kent that no, I'm your friend, but I but you know, but right. in the heart of my heart, I want to kill you. Yeah. So I I particularly was very, very struck by Sloan's, you know, uh uh switch to bad guy. And the other thing that I didn't like about the uh the demise of Nadia is in that very same episode we said goodbye to uh, uh Renee. That's another thing that I didn't like about this this final second half of Alias. I didn't like the the clone angle that Prophet Five was was building up. I'm like, this is just dumb. <laughs> I'm like, really? Really? Although, with that being said, I did get something that I've wanted in Alias forever as a result of uh, Clone Sydney. What's her name, Matt? Uh, her, uh, oh my God. Oh, who, Anna? Uh, Gina Torres? Yes, yes, Gina Torres. Thank you again, Matt. Um, I love the fact that she got shot in the head <laughs> when, uh, when, uh, when she tried to kill Vaughn. Yep. So I did appreciate that. A lot of things about the second half were, were really underwhelming to me and really disappointing to me. The actor who was brought in to replace Vaughn, right? Mm-hmm. We discover that, um, that something went down with his wife and that somebody uh, accidentally murdered his wife, right? Yeah. And that entire backstory, as I was watching it, I was like, guys... You guys are running out of time. Why the hell are we dealing with this? We should be dealing with the Sloan, the Nadia stuff, and the and the Sydney stuff, and the Vaughn stuff. I'm like, why are we dealing with this? And then I, you know, you know, and then I remembered. Oh yeah, they were told like at the last possible moment. So I forgive them, but I really don't. <laughs> it's one of those things where, yeah, it's like they realized they left those things hanging earlier in the season when they didn't realize it was the last season. So now we had to spend time on it in those final episodes. My my least favorite part about that is um, 
he's telling the story to Rachel and he's like, you know, my wife or whatever, it was our half year anniversary. And I was like, what? Their half year anniversary? They couldn't even just make it their one year anniversary. Like the writers were so lazy. They were like, well, you might've only been married for six months. So we got to call it like the, they were going to celebrate their half month anniversary or half year anniversary. I'm like, that's not, not like a major milestone that people would like relate to. It just was so weird. Oh yeah. It was our half year anniversary. You couldn't have come up with a better reason for her to be in that place to accidentally get murdered. Super lazy. Um, now, the only thing that I will disagree, I did love the cloning thing. Um, that episode where Anna and basically Jennifer Garner pulls double duty by playing Anna, Sydney, and real Sydney um, is a lot of fun for me. Like, I really enjoy that. I love that we brought Anna back. Um, will Tippin comes back, Bradley Cooper. Uh, so like, I really like that part of the story. Um, and to have a reason for Jennifer Garner and Michael Vartan to brawl it out, get out all of their baggage in an epic fight scene and then move on. Um, I thought was brilliant. And because we had brought in that cloning double aspect in season one or season two, whatever that Ethan Hawke episode was in like it's there's already a precedent that people can be doubled in alias. So I didn't mind that they brought that back. Um and the fact that that whole Anna and all that kind of stuff storyline revolves around Will and Evil Sydney as frustrating as it is the fact that Fawn knew that it wasn't the real Sydney um and and letting Jennifer Garner cut loose and have a bit more fun as being evil Sydney uh, was a good time for me. Um, I also did like that they brought back Weiss for an episode where he got to be like instrumental in helping the team and kind of say our goodbye to Weiss because he had moved on at the start of the season. So I liked that. And there was some good humor when, when he was like, you guys should have just called me. Like you didn't have to lie or do any of this crap. You didn't have to do this mission. Just phone me. Like I'm the guy now I can do this. Uh, Sark comes back for a little bit. Um, so they bring back, you know, everyone for like a little bit to sort of give them their, their moment, give them their nod as we're moving into these final two episodes that aired as one, two hour block. Um, the, the final pieces are starting to come into place. And I did like that, you know, that moment, you know, Sydney has the baby and, um, you know, she gives Jack that look, which really <laughs> caught me off guard. Cause I totally forgot where she's like, dad. And he's like, don't worry. I'll let him know. And then we find out in that episode that Sydney the entire time has known that Vaughn was not dead, which is one of those. Like I, if I had remembered that I would have watched all of the scenes after the hospital scene with Vaughn differently to see if Jennifer Garner ever let us know that she kind of knew. And if all of her grieving is only in public, um, because that, that's one of those things that I'm like, I knew that Jack always knew. And I remembered that, but in watching these, I forgot that Sydney knew that Jack had done this to save Vaughn. Um, but so in that moment where she's like, gave him that look and he's like, I'll let him know. I was like, Oh my God, how did I forget that? They all, they all knew that I was still alive. Like the whole family, which was crazy. 
What did you think about that twist that she knew that Vaughn was not dead? To be honest, I, I thought I missed something. I was like, wait a minute. She knew this whole time? Did I, did I miss something? I actually considered going back to the first half and watching the whole thing over again. But mm-hmm. I was like, I don't have time for this. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta press on. But I was like, yeah. that is really interesting because that brings up the question, like you just said, like this actually makes me want to go back and watch the the whole Vaughn death again to see if Jennifer Jennifer Gardner tipped her hand uh, of you know of their whole plan, right? It's mm. something something very very intriguing, but. To tell you the truth, I didn't see that coming at all. And like I said, I thought I completely missed something. The one thing that I wanted to get in this uh, second half that I didn't get, uh, which is kind of dumb and it's stupid, but I was really grasping for things to to like in the second half. I wanted Amy Acker to shoot somebody. Uh-huh. I'm like, I, 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 I'm... I acknowledge people that I'm such a guy and I I needed I needed Amy Acker to do something completely vicious and she didn't. But with that being said, I am still looking forward to the to the uh to the two hour finale of Alias. You know, I mean I mean you guys listening right now, you guys are probably thinking, this guy is off the boat with Alias. But I'm not. I, I just expected a little more. It was kind of nice to see Jennifer Garner and Michael Vartan beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> like, I just thought that that was like a, a nice way for them to kind of get over their off-screen baggage and uh, move on so that we can have good old Sydney and Vaughn back together for the last couple. If you had to grade um, this back half of episodes, what grade would you give it? So for me, actually, like I said, I had a blast with these ones and more so than some of the others. So I would give this like a B plus. Um, I think the plus comes from Sterling K Brown being the CIA super nanny who showed up in that one episode, but uh, no, a solid B plus um, really enjoyed it. And other than, you know, the stupid stuff of ghost Nadia and I hated the red herring of the microchips embedded in both Vaughn and Renee which makes absolutely no sense because Vaughn has been in the hospital so many times. There's no way he would have a microchip from a a fall as a kid embedded in his body. But other than that, solid B plus really liked it. What's your grade? Uh, My grade, and this is going to probably be a surprise to no one, but with all the issues that I had uh, with this second half, uh, my grade would have to be a C minus. That'll wrap it up for this edition of Radio 815. Before we go, a little house cleaning here. If you guys like uh, the show that me and Matt put on uh, week to week, talking about Alias and talking about Felicity and hopefully in the future talking about an island far, far away, uh, it would mean so much to me and the algorithm if you would actually like the podcast or comment on this podcast wherever you actually listen to it. If you could just do that, uh, me and Matt would uh, greatly appreciate it. But uh, with all the house cleaning out of the way, uh, Matt, if the good folks want to talk to you about anything, what's the best place they can reach you at? Best place is to hit me up on Twitter at Matt Crandall. 
And uh, if you guys want to talk to me about anything, also the best place to reach me is at Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. But until next week, when we say goodbye to Sydney Bristow and her gang, for Matt Crandall, I have been Marcelo Nostroza saying, we'll talk back soon. <laughs>